Welcome to the Beyond the Box Order podcast. This is your host, David Kaplan. In this episode, I interview Coach Lance Ignance. He's currently the interim head men's basketball coach at Clayton State. Coach, how's it going? It's going pretty well. Just uh, sitting here at the house and making some calls and uh, looking over some film. Typical life of a basketball coach. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Coach, you want to give yourself a, a brief introduction to our listeners? Yeah, uh, I'm currently the interim head coach over here at Division II, uh, Clayton State University, you know, right outside of Atlanta in the Peach Belt Conference. Um, I got my start uh, roughly 2002, 18 years ago at uh, Somerset Academy down in Pembroke Pines, Florida as the middle school basketball coach and uh, worked my way up from there to the high school coach and jumped to the college level at uh, Polk Community College in uh, Winter Haven, Florida. And uh, from there, I was able to uh, move on to my first four-year school with uh, Coach Schertz up there at Lincoln Memorial uh, in 2008 to 2012. I helped build that thing up to what it is today. Obviously, it took it to a whole nother level. Uh, And I went from there to uh, Division I Tennessee Martin I'm over in the Ohio Valley Conference, where I spent two years um, over there before my head coach was let go. Um, and then actually took a year off after that. Um, as you know, just earlier talking about this profession, it was hard, couldn't get on anywhere. Um, so basically just trained some guys, uh, some former players, uh, talked to some, helped some kids get placed in high, from high school to college, and then. I uh, was able to land down here as the assistant uh, at Clayton State and been here now. This is my uh, five years as assistant, top, the top assistant now, my first year as the uh, head coach. Definitely been around, Coach. Put some miles yes, on Yes, that is for sure. You know, you're a Pittsburgh native. I always wonder, what makes people from Pittsburgh so tough? <laughs> um I, I just think it's our, our blue collar mentality up there. I mean, nothing's never given to us. Uh, you know, coming from my 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 parents who worked hard for everything that they had. Both uh, were laborers, with, had their own business, uh, construction and painting, and uh, so I kind of just grew up watching them and the work that they put in. And I was kind of, you know, everywhere I went, just the the mentality. You know, the, my friends, um, you know around basketball and outside of basketball that's all we saw you know i think just kind of the culture up there in the northeast coming from the steel mills uh, a lot of people have ties to the steel mills whether grandparents or parents um, that kind of uh just was instilled uh at a young age um, and just carries over i think to to adulthood here Um, so I, i think that's all all i've known i i think that's what kind of separates us i think from everyone else. What was your recruitment like for baseball and basketball coming out of high school? Um, not so much baseball. I didn't have really anything. I kind of – I wish looking back I had played baseball a little more full-time, but I always bounced back and forth and never done, uh, gave enough time to baseball. Um, so basketball uh, ended up being some Division threes and some junior colleges. Um, I chose to go the, the, the junior college route um, – at Penn's at the time as junior college now it's a division three school up there, Penn State University, uh at Beaver. Um, so they turned four year 
I don't know, maybe seven, eight, nine years ago, something like that. Um, so stayed fairly close to home. And after that, I was like, I, I, I got to get out. I want to go south to the warmth, to out of the snow. Um, and that's why I went to Lynn University for two years. I uh, spent spent two, three years down there, actually. I've, by the time I graduated, I spent three, three more years down there. Um, again, played baseball as well down there uh, my last year. I wish I had done it a little bit more, though. So I kind of propelled my uh, coaching career. That's where Coach Shirts was. I got to, to meet him and uh, be introduced to him uh, for years. He was the assistant, so it kind of worked out uh, for the best. Okay, so once you transferred to Lynn, uh, you played for yep. Andy Russo. Uh, oh, Sh Coach Shirts was he was assistant there for one year uh, before he left to go to Queens. Okay. What, what was your experience like yet? It was, uh, I mean, it was, it was good. I mean, it was, it was different. Um, you know, part of it was I wasn't expecting it to be that way. You know, I think I was probably kind of like most kids nowadays, you kind of at the time think you're a lot better than what you are. Um, I had a pretty good uh, junior college career at, at, the, at Penn State Beaver. So, you know, I felt good about myself and my capabilities, but you go down there to Sunshine State, which is a very good conference and, uh, good players and you know it's it kind of puts you back in place like wow you you still got a lot of work to do um you know had a good experience overall though with coach russo and, and coach churches for that one year and uh you know it you know it's as most uh instances that you know it becomes a, a second home to you so i i loved it down there and, and the university in the area and that's where i met my wife so um, it, it overall was a great experience for me. <laughs> Sounds like it. You know, I know that Coach Russo had spent time as the head coach at uh, at Louisiana yep. Tech years before. Did, did Carl Malone ever make any appearances? He did not. He there? did not. We, we knew that he coached them, um, but that was the the extent of our knowledge with uh, with Carl Malone. So I guess you could say the <laughs> he did not, not deliver the Boca Raton. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you talk about your first co your first job uh, after college yep. being at Somerset uh, Academy, and you were the head coach of the middle school boys team, and then you worked your way up to assistant AD and boys. Was it the yes. high school boys basketball? Yeah, coach? my my first three years there, um, I was in the middle school. Uh, Basketball coach, middle school flag football coach, um, assistant AD, and assistant varsity coach. And then uh, my last year there is when the AD decided to just take over the AD duties and drop his basketball responsibilities and um, allow me the opportunity to be the head coach. Um, it, at the time, it had no gym, uh, no indoor facilities. Um, so I was spending – uh, my days from 7.45 a.m. to 7 p.m. outdoors in South Florida. Um, so uh, out, we used a, a park that was within walking distance as our practice court. Um, home games, we uh, had a church that was probably about 30 minutes away that um, their grandkids went to Somerset. They allowed us to use their church gym, which 
was uh, half like slag, a gym slash cafeteria. So um, it was a great experience, you know, uh, help that the place was growing at the time too. So um, I was there to be part of that, um, you know, Coach Miller down there, the current AD, Ed Miller, uh, gave me that opportunity. So I'll always be grateful for that. Now, you also helped uh, basically were the, the yeah. strength and conditioning yeah. entire program uh, for every sport. What was that experience like? And do you think that helped you, um, you know, as an assistant right. basketball coach? Down yeah, there? I mean, the strength and conditioning part is something I've always kind of – gravitated towards uh even as a player i love you know the weight room and obviously conditioning is a whole different story but um you know the weight room w was great i that when i graduated i also was trying to find you know wasn't sure where i was going to go so i got my personal training certificate um so to become a personal trainer so i, I did that at bally's uh, so the knowledge was always there uh, and then when i went to somerset um, I was able just to, to take that to, you know, a different level with athletes, um, young athletes, particularly since we had a lot of young kids down there um, to help develop them. And um, I was able to get um, Lynn actually donated uh, their weights um, to us that they were getting rid of. Um, so we actually were able to kind of put together a little makeshift uh weight room for the athletes on campus because prior to that we were actually walking to a gym as well that was within walking distance uh i don't recall the name of it but it was just like a la fitness type place um that allowed us to uh go down there for a cheap uh membership fee um that you know i thought that you know helped me at, at, on top of the coaching part just to you know learn to develop you know, the overall uh, athlete uh, as I moved on and as an assistant coach, you know, just I think the total development uh, played a part in all that stuff. Um, so I did it at Lincoln Memorial as well, and I did it here at Clayton State as the assistant. I was the strength coach. You know, I thought um, both, I, you know, Coach Schertz, you know, he'll confirm a bit. I thought, um, you know, he, he liked what I was doing with, with the guys up there. and uh, wasn't easy. But uh, the results showed, I believe, and I think both places there and here, uh, our guys' bodies changed and um, our, our injuries, um, we didn't have many of them. I think that all played a part into the strength and conditioning part of it. I, 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 that's one thing I wish I even talked to our strength coach about it here. You know, I think the strength the guys who are straight strength coaches, they're, they're all about the science part of it, I think. They, they get too much into the science part. And For me, you know, I, I tried to get our guy uh, this year to kind of take out the science part of it for at least one day and kind of throw together some stuff, some crazy stuff that, that kind of throw the guys off. And, uh, but they have a hard time wanting to do that. They, they want to stick to the science of it. So um, you know, I wasn't about the science part. Of it. I just wanted the guys to, to push themselves and, and get better and, and – uh, push you know their minds and their bodies to the limit and then um, you know I think that all uh, helps them improve you know people don't realize I think that you know at the small college level you know a lot of the times the assistant coaches or you know either assistant ADs or wearing other hats like strength and conditioning right. even if it's unofficial I'm always impressed to hear not only you know that you kind of spearheaded that but 
you know, you had gotten certified and I guess you're kind of aging <laughs> yourself with, uh, you know, valleys, but it, don't worry, man. I work. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm must be loud. I both <laughs> um, you know, you accept a, a coaching yep. position at Polk state. So division one Juco in winter Haven, Florida. Did you have a prior relationship? I did with not. Coach? Um, you know, it, it's kind of changed, but you know, our, our generation, you know, you work camps to to try to get into coaching and move around and meet people. So that summer, I knew I wasn't going back to Somerset. I wanted to get into college coaching. And so I was working. I had a bunch of camps scheduled from PA to Minnesota and New York. And I ended up uh, not doing any of those other ones and ended up doing just five-star. Five-star was, was coming down into Florida. So I, I worked five-star camp as at Florida State and the assistant at the time uh, at Polk, Phil Cohen, uh, was in my group um, of, of kids. Five-star divides you up into three age groups. You got the high school guys that are kind of the junior seniors, and then they have the, the sophomores and some juniors, and then they have the, the young guys, the rising freshmen and some 10th graders. So um, he was in charge of my group, the, the middle group. So uh, we was, got to talking over the week, and um, he told me that the head coach was from Pittsburgh uh, in what town. And he actually was from the neighboring town of where my dad was from. So um, he said he was looking for a volunteer. And so he introduced, introduced us and um, it, it went from there. You know, I went up there. He offered me a, a, a position. So I went up there and like you're doing now, I, I worked for free for two years. Uh, I, I was teaching at the they had a collegiate high school. Um, on campus. So I did that for a year, uh, made a little bit of money. Uh, I look back now and don't know how, you know, you make ends meet and how you did it, but you found a way. Um, so, hey, yeah, it's, that was my only relationship with him, you know, being from Pittsburgh. You know, I think that's another thing going back to talking about the, the mentality up there. I, I also think that, you know, guys from Pittsburgh stick together. You know, you, you find out, guys from Pittsburgh and it all of a sudden becomes a relationship, you know, uh, I think that's just kind of, even though it's not, you know, it's not really small town atmosphere up there, but you know, it's a small, big city. And but at the same time, I think, you know, everyone recognizes that and, and, you know, no matter where you're at, you know, you become a Pittsburgher and, and become friends. Um, just look at this, you know, the Steelers on a side note, you know, they, they say it, uh, every they have what tw- sixteen home games, so everywhere they go feels like a home game because there's so many Pittsburgh uh, fans there. So uh, that's kind of how that worked out. No question. Now, you know, during your two years there, you helped turn them yep. into a nationally ranked program. You know, the team got thirteen and sixteen your first year, and then uh, in two thousand seven, two thousand eight. They they totally flip the script yes. and go twenty five and five. Talk about you know the players you had transferred to the four year levels and you know about some of those yeah I mean it, it was good times I mean yeah. Young just getting into it Coach Virginic was awesome um, you know he's like a, a second father um, still is uh, still talk often and you know he, he the way he treated the guys for being an old school guy you know, he still cared a lot about the players. I mean, we were getting going. We, we didn't have – we had a cafeteria, but we didn't have a meal plan for the guys 
So we were going to uh, grocery shopping for roughly 12 guys every weekend, spending five, $600 just on groceries for them uh, so they can eat. After uh, practice every day, we would divide up and um, either take guys or go pick up meals at various restaurants so they can eat. Um, you know, it, it, all that stuff, the Juco life, uh, as most of them live, it, it was it was fun. And, uh, at, at the time, you, you're doing whatever you need to do to uh, move up in this business and, and uh, have coaches recognize that. You know, at the same time, you know, we had – that second year, we had uh, a very talented group of guys. I mean, Lance Jeter, Quincy Hankins both went on to Nebraska, had very good careers. Uh, Quincy actually left after a year and transferred to Pikeville. But uh, those two guys, Lance Jeter's, I think, in like year 13 uh, overseas and um, making a good living over there and, and doing his thing, I think it's in, in Amsterdam. Uh, we had another kid, Destin Demetroa. Uh, from France, went on to New Orleans and finishes uh, two years over there. Uh, had good success. And then uh, a, a fourth guy, Jerome uh, Beelan, went up to uh, Mount St. Mary's uh, and finished his two years. A very talented guy. Um, that year, that group, I mean, Lance Jeter, the the the, the point guard from uh, Pittsburgh, went on to Nebraska. I mean, he kind of led it all. I mean, 6'2", 6'3". Uh, went to Cincinnati for football initially on scholarship and uh, decided he wanted to play basketball again. And uh, I mean, he just 200 and probably about 30 pounds of, of man running at you full speed and can change directions on a dime and make great passes. And it, it was just fun to watch and coach that group of guys that year. Um, you know, fortunately, time ran out in the, the Florida State tournament. As you know, guys know the state Florida is very talented in, in JUCO basketball. So we ran into a, a Chipola team, I think it was that year, and end up I think making to the Hutch that year. So um, it, it was fun while it lasted. So Josh Schertz is named the head coach at Link Memorial yep. in, in 2008. You mentioned. He had coached uh, on staff at Lynn for a year with yep. uh, you as one of the players. What gave you such blind faith about a first-time head coach, uh, you know, in Tennessee where I don't think he had ever <laughs> lived or probably <laughs> – right. I don't even know if he recruited Tennessee. What, what gave you such blind uh, faith in Josh? The, initially, it was a, a paycheck. Um, not much, but it was a paycheck. <laughs> um, a four-year institution. And a guy I, I had, had, had developed a relationship with for, like I said, since I was at, at the time with roughly five to six years. Um, you know, that, that's what this business is about is, is developing those relationships because you never know when somebody's going to get an opportunity that can help you out. And uh, I, I kept that relationship with Coach Shirts uh, over time. And, you know, there was times that they actually at the time he was a high point came down the one year played at uh, UF down in, over in Gainesville. And we finished practice late. I drove up um, about roughly two, two and a half hours up north uh, from Polk, watched them have shoot around or practice the night before um, and, and drove back home. Uh, I, you know, that's what I, uh, they, they had success there and I was just trying to feed into that and see what they do and also de develop that relationship more. Um, he saw that 
Uh, I worked for free, so he took a chance on me as well. Um, I was kind of unproven too as an assistant. And, um, uh, but I thought we all at the time had uh, the same thing in mind. We all wanted to win and worked hard at it. You know, I know he had success uh, work as he worked his way up as a recruiter and uh, developing players. So I wanted to be part of that. You know, Lincoln Memorial took a chance on him and he took a chance on me and, you know, things worked out pretty well for everyone. No question. I remember that Florida game. I didn't get to go to it, but I was watching it and Maurice Bates <laughs> just dominated. I mean, I remember Shirt, uh, Coach Shirts sends me a text after the game and he goes, <laughs> I'll be polite to the center at high point, but he says, yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure Spates remembered Cruz Daniels and uh, right. I don't think he was too scared of him. <laughs> yeah. That was crazy. But, um, you know, talk about, you know, anybody who listens to this podcast knows I'm a big Josh right. Shirts and, and Lincoln Memorial fan. They know who those, uh, you know, who Coach Shirts is on the program. But, um, you know, talk about establishing that that culture and some of those trips to Waffle King. Yeah, the little Waffle King. I, I used to hate that place because uh, at the time, I think you probably still can. I haven't been in there for so long, but you, you can smoke in there. And I can't stand being around cigarette smoke. And we, I'd be like, Coach, like, can't we go somewhere else? Uh, but no, there's the only place open that late. Uh, we, we put a lot of late nights in that uh, those early years, long days. Um, you know, that was kind of the philosophy, you know, goals to outward people and we took that uh and, and just ran with it and and probably did more you know long morning started at 7 30. um you know coach shirts that, that guy he, he works all the time so to, and you know the, the old coach is saying you you don't want to leave until the boss leaves it's like well, shit coach, coach never leaves so when, when are you supposed to go home but uh that's what we did. A lot of phone calls, uh, random uh, cold calling coaches about players, uh, looking at recruiting lists, uh, all nonstop. I mean, we would sit uh, after we would, would, would play a game. Uh, we would sit in the locker room. We had an old big screen flat TV. The the big old boxes is like a probably a 60 inch in our in the coaches' offices, assistants' offices, and we would sit there after a game no matter what time it finished and watch the game together um, so that we all can get on the same page of what he was expecting. And, and uh, he can explain to us what we, he wanted us to, to learn and, and see. Uh, and we'd sit there and I mean, we wouldn't go home at three in the morning usually uh, just sit there watching the film. It was, we didn't have synergy back then. It was all the CD and pop it in and watch it and go home and be at, uh, breakfast table the next morning, seven thirty. You know that those four years, uh, I probably averaged anywhere from three to five hours of sleep a night. Uh, but that was, you know, that was how we we built it up. You know, I don't think anybody could take that away from us. I, I think um, that was a big part of it. And that's how you know. That's all I know now uh, is the work ethic um, and how we did it there and the hours that we put in and. Um, developing those players and that, those relationships with those guys. Um, you know, that's how I, I continue to do it. That's the only way I think, you know, to be successful, um, it can be done.
you know, obviously now you can be a little more e efficient with your time um, with technology and stuff uh, with synergy and the, the phones have come a long way and what we're allowed to do with, um, you know, recruiting and talking to players and stuff like that has helped, but still, you know, it, it's still, the, the hard work is still there. I think that's how you build a program. And he was a big part of, you know, I tell him all the time. I mean, he he had, he works, works and works. I said, I haven't met a guy, you know, that I've worked for or that I know yet. A guy puts in a lot of hours. You know, I think that's why he continues to have the success he does. Yeah, I remember him driving his uh, his two door Acura, and he would <laughs> he would get in at High Point so late at night. Yep. Um, and then just go straight to the office. Or oh, you know. if I went to go watch or, you know, like rebound for a few of the players early in the morning, I mean, right. his car's already there. I was like, damn, does this guy ever sleep? No. I mean, I would get text messages uh, when I before I worked for him. I would get text messages at like 2 in the morning from him. And, just, and then obviously that continued when I worked for him. It's like all times, you know, vacation. You know, we, we, we would uh, – be down, uh, go to Orlando for the last weekend of the recruiting live period. And we all had friends or family down in South Florida. So we'd go right from Orlando and drive down to Boca for a few days. And it wasn't a vacation. We're still getting, you're still getting text messages from them. Hey, you know, we need to check on this kid. What about this kid? Or, you know, check on a, a current player, you know, you know, watch this, you know, about our offense or defense, whatever it may be. It was just like, coach, can I get like, just a, a, a couple hours, <laughs> but no, nope. I wouldn't take it for I take it back for anything. Yeah, I think that was a big part of you know uh, of my coaching career, and he's very influential on, on me even still today. And um, obviously, when I work for him and, and how I do things, now, he's definitely one of the best. You know, during your time in Harrogate, the team starts off you know fourteen to fourteen. And then over the next three years, really come to a national prominence. You guys are a consistent NCAA tournament team. You guys had a, a number one overall ranking, multiple top 10 finishes. I wonder, did some of those D1s that used to play exhibition games stop answering your phone calls? Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, it was – I could. I mean, I still don't know how today they get, they get some of the D1 games that they get. I mean, obviously this year I know I've been messing with shirts about it. Um, but yeah, it became hard um, after that first year and we, that second year. We the success we had, and it was, I think, the one year we played Middle Tennessee, and we were we were surprised they said yes. Uh, they, they ended up beating us that year. Um, I think it was the, our third year. We ended up going twenty seven three. But I mean, we we're they were up by uh, maybe nine with about four or five minutes to go in the game, and uh, actually, sorry, I think uh, five with about three four minutes to go in the game, and. They hung on to win. We made a couple of boneheaded mistakes, but it, it, it was difficult. Um, you know, after that first year where uh, we played Tennessee when Pearl was there and gave him a game, and he, he told us afterwards that he, he can't play us again for at least another year or two. <laughs> so um, it was a, a lot different, he told us, from the, the prior time that Lincoln Memorial had come down, and they, I think they had beat him pretty, pretty bad, and he just said it was – it was a lot different. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was, you know, that's what we prided ourselves on. I mean, that's, you know, the work ethic and how we developed the guys. And, the, you know, he's been able to take that to a whole nother level with, you know, a bigger staff now. 
Um, so he has more hands on deck um, to be able to do do some more things. Um, but, you know, that's that's what kind of sets them apart. And I hope to get to is just their overall work ethic and the time that they put in with the players and watching film and um, the practices and uh, all of it. Um, I think that's been the, the big separator of, uh, of from them from a lot of other programs. Um, I think the uh, Northwest Missouri and uh, Nova, I think those guys are, are they all kind of do it the same way. And I think that's why they have the success that they do. Coach, talk about, you know, I'm familiar with the guys who were on staff at the time, but mm-hmm. talk about some of those guys at Lincoln Memorial. And, you know, I'm curious, I know that you said, you know, you're working for pennies that first year. Yeah. Were they able to bump you up to full time? I know that obviously he's got a, a plethora of full time staff right now. Right. But at the time, uh, what was the dynamic by the time you left? Was it one full time and graduate assistant or how did they do right. it? So my first year was me. I was full time. And then we had uh, Chris Cottrell also came from High Point. I'm sure you're familiar with. Yeah. Um, he was the other assistant. He was part time pay um, and uh, didn't have the benefits as a full time uh assistant did so it was, it was the two of us um for the first i think it was the first three years and then year four my last year there uh we were able to get cam wicker who also came from high point um as a ga so there was now became three of us um that was uh the first time we were able to add somebody and then uh after i left you know their success continued and he was able to add uh, uh, more staff members, uh, seemed like every year he's able to add somebody. So now he's what up to three full-time guys and two, two GAs. And I think, an, uh, maybe an ops position or a GA slash ops position. Um, so, uh, you know, that kind of changed the dynamics uh, with him. I mean, coach shirts knee, it helps a lot, helps a, a tremendously, um, to have that staff. Cause you know, he, 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 does a good job of delegating and, and putting stuff, a lot of stuff on each guy's hands of, of what's needed to be done and uh, hold you accountable to that. You know, if you're not going to get it done, you know, he, he, he's going to tell you or he's going to, he may not tell you um, directly, but he's going to make you know that you ain't doing it right or you messed up. Um, you know, that's kind of always the thing you didn't, there was a couple of times where I was like, I, I got, I did something wrong with um, particularly with the academic side of things and uh, grades came back from one of my guys and like, Oh man, my stomach dropped. And uh, I knew I was going to get it from coach shirts. You know, from Lincoln Memorial on to you know, UT Martin, it's your first D one experience. How tough was the Ohio Valley conference during your time there? And, and what, what was your first taste of D one? like? Right. Um, you know, as a coach, you're always you're sort of like the players, you know, your goals are always try to, to get to the highest level. And as most coaches are, they, you know, want to be division one uh, at, at some point. And it's the goal. And I had an opportunity to go over there. I know coach James, know coach James for, uh, since I was at Polk, he had one of our players up there uh, during the time that they had their, their most success on uh, the Jared Riedewald. So um, he had an opening come open and, I took it late. Um, it, it was like September when it, it came open. So um, it, it was really late, but I took it. Um, they tried to get that opportunity to, to be division one. And uh, coach James is a great guy. Um, and 
the Ohio Valley, I mean, it's still the same. I mean, it, it's tough. Uh, with Murray, I mean, I think Murray, my, just in my two years, I mean, faced two different um, NBA pro point guards. Um, and then Tennessee State had Covington at the time. Um, Belmont, you know, they had uh, Ian Clark uh, with the Golden State Warriors. I mean, it was it, it was ridiculous um, during those years. You know, it's it, it's still very good. I think it's kind of uh, underappreciated league. You know, I kind of gets uh, you know, other than Murray and Belmont. I mean, Austin P is very good. Moorhead's back to uh, being tough and, and good. Eastern Kentucky, um, you know, Southern Illinois uh, is always tough, even though their, their record uh, hadn't showed it. But they they were always tough. Eastern Illinois as well. Um, it, it was there was no easy games up there in the OVC. Um, it was fun, competitive. Um, you know, I, I, the experience was great. I wish it had lasted longer, no question. Um, you know, I had good times up there. Uh, that's where, you know, I was at Tennessee Martin. That's where my, my, my first – my daughter was born. So my first first child uh, was born up there. So I always have fond memories of, of the times up there. Uh, you know, still got relationships with – um, the staff up there, the, the guys I worked with, uh, they, they still talk and had, uh, still reminisce at times as well. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was good. I wish it would have lasted a little bit longer. Talk about the guys you worked with. I know you had Cornelius Jackson, yeah, a few other guys. How were you guys able to uh, complement each other as far as strengths and weaknesses? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, CJ, he, he, CJ had been there uh, a few years before I got there. So he was kind of established, uh, with coach James and, uh, we had a good relationship. CJ's a little quieter. Uh, I'm kind of quiet at times too. Uh, we're kind of, uh, we're able to, to build that relationship though and work together. And, uh, you know, CJ was one that, you know, I, and I still, even now, uh, with my staff and, and, and the players, you know, CJ is one of the guys that he's going to tell you, you know, how he feels, uh, good or bad. You know, I always respected that of him. Uh, you know, I, I think that's one. That's a hard thing to do, uh, particularly as a call and call as a colleague. And you know, that's why it's hard for the players to tell each other. It's just, it's just human nature. You don't want to do it. But that's what I liked about CJ. So we built that relationship. I said we we're together for two years before he left, and uh, he got another Division One opportunity up at Cleveland State. You know, it was an awesome opportunity. I, you know, we talked a lot about it before he he went up there, and um, he he, I helped him a little bit with some things with his resume and um, as well. And then we after that, uh, oh, we we had uh, Buddy Hassel, who was our GA um, as well that year, and uh, uh, Andre Arazaba, um, who was our, our other assistant. Um, it was those two guys were young, um, so it was, it was fun working with them. They they kind of brought a different energy. Um, they were both new to the to the business and getting their feet wet. So it was fun messing with those guys and just watching them develop and, and learn. Um, Buddy Hassel, our GA, um, that dude, uh, he, he put a lot of hours in uh, in front of a, a old TV next to his desk. Uh, between scouts and breaking down film and from us um it, it, it sometimes i felt bad for him the, the amount of time he put in front of that old old computer uh, so we were, our scouts we, we would just break down the film we would just send him our times um the counters uh the old school counters on on the film and 
he would clip it out for us. We, we also didn't have synergy back then either. So uh, it was he was there doing that academics. Um, so fun to watch him uh, grow and develop. And then uh, Razaba Dre played at Tennessee Martin. Um, you know, so it was fun to, you know, he was getting his feet wet, uh, kind of ops guy as well. Um, you know, so he, he kind of, uh, we, we would play two on two, uh, cause after CJ left, we had another guy come in a high school coach from Memphis, Dion real, um, who's back coaching high school as well, uh, in Memphis, we played two on two and Dre and, uh, we couldn't put Dre and, and buddy together. Buddy walked on at Kentucky. So, uh, he is pretty good and Dre is about six, six, um, and, you know, younger than us. So it wasn't, uh, very fun a lot of times of going against Dre or we couldn't pair him up with Buddy because um, it just wouldn't be fair. Uh, me and Dion, the two old guys. But, uh, you know, it was fun working together. We laughed, we joked, had a good time. Um, you know, a lot of a great experience for all of us. Yeah, I think uh, Mark, Buddy, Buddy Haps was the only one not coaching right now. He, he got out of it and is uh, over in Arkansas working with uh, some chemical company petroleum company uh, making pretty good money so i uh, still having success just not in this profession uh like i said dion is now a high school coach up in at bartlett in memphis and dre is an assistant coach uh in, in the uh, murfreesboro area um and uh also uh was a manager at a uh, fitness gym rock climbing gym up in that area so uh, he's doing a little bit of everything you know, in your second year, you're bumped up a few chairs. Mm -hmm. Talk about being recognized for your hard work. Um, you know, also, it, I'm sure that you guys had an inkling that, you know, the seat was getting a little warm. Uh, when did when did you realize that it was probably going to be your last season? There yeah. As a staff? Um, yeah, it was exciting to, you know, to, to get bumped up, uh, have a new title, uh, you know, my second year. I mean, that's, like I said, you know, I like to think I work hard um, for that's all I do. I think so um, to be rewarded for it uh, was uh, was great. You know, I was grateful for that. Uh, the coach James saw that and, and, and did that for me. Um, you know, we got a new AD at the time and I think he came in around January and, uh, you know, Anytime a new AD comes in at that level, it's always always in your mind that it, it might happen. And we weren't having much success. And uh, he come he came to a few games on the road. And uh, at that time too, when that happens, it's usually not a great sign. Um, so when the season ended, you know we kind of kind of knew it was coming. You hear hear the rumors from uh, around the department and. It just kind of uh, not a great feeling, not fun to be part of it. It happened, like I said, I think within four to five days or so after our season ended, uh, hey, Co Coach James got pulled into the office. Um, remember it vividly as it's like a snowstorm outside, and uh, we drove over to his house afterwards so he can break the news to us, and that was it. Uh, it came to an end. You know, you talk about not having the success, you know, that – Everybody had hoped for, you know, you had a triple overtime game with Arkansas State. Um, but you guys managed to pull it together kind of uh, going into the Ohio, the OVC tournament. Right, right. You know, 
how do you keep a locker room together? You know, like you said, people talk in the department. I'm sure people are, you know, talking to players and they're hearing the rumblings. How do you keep that locker room intact and, you know, kind of keep your blinders on? Yeah, it's hard, very hard. Uh, particularly that year, too. I mean, we actually had a, a, those guarantee games for the guys at that level. You know, they they can be demoralizing. Um, they're, they're hard, you know. You're playing them at certain times of the year. You know, like we we had a three-game winning streak going. We beat Sanford, Presbyterian, and Longwood. Um, and then had came our fourth game, I think, was Arkansas. At Arkansas for, you know, the guarantee game. And we were feeling good, and then we have to go, here we go. We got to go to Arkansas and do our best. And obviously we didn't come out with a win on that one. We got beat pretty pretty good, and here we are back again to on the – the not feeling so good train and um, that's kind of, you know, it was up and down a lot, but as the, the OVC play uh, played on and we, we just, we were in some games and it was close. We just couldn't get over the hump with things. And uh, you know, the guys, you know, they, you hear stuff, you know, behind the closed doors, you know, they aren't happy. You know, they start blaming everyone and the coaches and, you know, you still you got kind of like you said, for the most part, turn a blind eye and go in there uh, feeling confident and spirit high and 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 trying to put everything behind us and trying to focus on you know the process of today. Let's hey, don't let's not worry about what happened yesterday or the day before or tomorrow. What's ahead? You know, we can't worry about that stuff. We can't control what's ahead of us. We can just worry about what we're doing right now. Um, getting better today and um, that's all you all we could do and we tried and tried and just again it just wasn't enough uh, the guys just couldn't get out of the funk um, you know the turning around so um, it, it was it was a rough last month of the season roughly three 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 weeks you know talk about your year out of coaching I know that you finished your master's degree in sports leadership from Duquesne you know, was it difficult for you to go back to school after graduating over a decade? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was definitely tough. I started my master's um, the year, my last year at Lincoln Memorial, um, and, which was uh, difficult to begin with. I was excited at first. I got done with it, that year, and then that last semester and a half or so, it, uh, well, it wasn't very exciting. It's like, is it going to be done with this thing? Um, it was my first year at Martin. I was just, excuse me, ready for it to be over with. Um, but I thought it was important to to get a master's, to have that under my belt. Um, you know, as, as a coach, you're always preaching education. You know, you get have kids and you, you're always still preaching education. Uh, so I thought that was important to have that. Uh, so I did it, got it done with and. and I thought, you know, being from Pittsburgh, I, I knew Duquesne's reputation for academics, so I was even more excited about that. Um, the year I didn't work, uh, yeah, that was pretty tough. You know, we got to let go. Uh, my my baby at the time was three months old. Uh, my wife wasn't working anymore. Uh, so here we are with a baby, no job, no income. Uh, all we had was our savings uh, that we had built up over the last two and a half years three years. Um, so, you know, you start hitting up guys, um, some guys, you know, it's where you kind of you really see who's your true friends or not. Um, some guys don't respond. Other guys do. Coach Schertz is one that 
um, I was able to count on um, to help me out uh, with anything. Um, and he was, he was able to help us uh, uh, that summer immediately um, get us back over to Harrogate, uh, help my wife um, get a job back on campus, uh, not making a whole lot. Uh, we lived in the dorms uh, that summer at Lincoln Memorial um, for about two months until the, the students moved back on campus and then we had to, to get out. <laughs> so we moved back into uh, where we used to live there. It was just a couple doors down uh, off about off campus, about two miles down the street. Uh, and my wife still worked at the university uh, with the international department that uh, they had just created. Um, so we had some income. Um, it just wasn't enough to support us. You know, I, I still wasn't able to find a job um, at, at anything. Um, you know, we've been coaching. It, it's hard once you've been coaching for so long. That's all. That's the only thing on your resume. So you start applying. You know, they see you know, coaching, and it's unfortunate that too many people out there think because you're a basketball coach, all you know how to do is coach basketball. And that's all you do. But even you know, friends are the same way. Family, they they don't fully understand. Uh, what coaching entails and um, they they don't see the the mentorship the leadership that you're doing every day the, the paperwork the organization uh, all the stuff uh, that, that that entails coaching and um, I couldn't find anything uh, my wife was able to finally she got another job with, uh, her current company the Royal Industries who um, the founder is Pete the busk who uh, kind of operates Lincoln Memorial. He, he's the main guy behind their success uh, 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 in terms of the financial side and getting things done. You know, that's why if, if anyone's been on campus at Lincoln Memorial, uh, it's the way it is is because of Pete the bus. The guy has, has poured a lot of time and money and soul into that place. And um, he, he's an alumni. Um, so he, he started his company, the Royal Industries, out of the trunk of his car. Uh, when he graduated and uh, so my wife was able to get a job with those guys in their uh, international sales department they sell medical devices and so uh, she's a customer support rep for them so we moved to Knox Knoxville um, down there where the the headquarters is um, so that it, she could be by the by their office so we moved there about two miles from her office and still wasn't able to find anything so I, I was a stay-at-home dad um, for almost a year, um, you know, before Coach Nick was it, he brought me on down here at Clayton State when he had got the job. Uh, we had, had that relationship prior as well. When I was at Polk, it kind of built. Um, he was a flagler as the assistant. And he recruited some of my guys too. And uh, again, just that relationship that we had developed over years. Um, but yeah, that's, that was kind of my year off, um, you know, waking up with the little one and uh, finding things to do during the day. Uh, my wife would work till five and uh, the Royal has a basketball court and a nice fitness weight room in their, uh, their complex uh, office complexes. So my wife would come home at five and I would leave and go to their gym and uh, lift, work out and, and get some shots up. Um, you know, it was, that was my time to actually get, get out and get away. Um, yeah, I was able to, it worked out good too. I was able to have, you know, Vinnie Bailey, one of our All-Americans we had at Lincoln Memorial. 
uh, when he came back from overseas the, the one summer, he, he lived with me for about a month and I was able to work him out um, over in their gym um, as well. So it worked out well for that in that regard. Uh, he was a hell of a player. and I mean, definitely still killing yep. it overseas. You know, you talk about Coach Link hiring you at, uh, at Clayton State. Did you have any other opportunities at the time? Or I was going to say, if you did, what made Clayton State? Right. I didn't. You know, it, it, it was, you know, as a coach, that the final four, you're always – it comes that time of year, every year. And when jobs open up, it's like <clears throat> you're looking and looking and, <clears throat> you know, excuse me, I – didn't really have anything else going on. Um, I didn't know if it didn't, if this didn't happen, I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, so he got hired and, um, you know, again, I was able to have that relationship and, you know, he hired me down here and it, 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 it worked, um, you know, and we were able to build this thing up uh, those first three years. We had success here too. Um, so it just, you know, Atlanta, uh, is a great area. Uh, w- recruiting down here over the years, you know, it always is a place that, you know, could always in my mind, you know, think about living, wanting to move down this way. Um, you know, it's, it's nice, it's cheap, um, things to do. Um, so it, it really was, you know, the, it was the right opportunity and really the only opportunity. Uh, and it worked out for my wife. They allowed her to work from home. Uh, we weren't sure how that was going to go down, uh, but they talked. She talked to the, her boss, and they said, "Yeah, let's let's try it." And um, here we are, six years later, and she's still working from home for the same company. Yeah, you talk about the success you guys had. You know, you increase your win total each of the three yep. years. The first three years, you go twenty-four and seven, and year three, uh, getting that large bid to the NCAA tournament. Talk about how exciting that was, and. and you know, obviously, you face off against Lincoln Memorial in the second <laughs> round. What, what were your feelings as a team when you saw Selection yeah, Sunday? Right. And, and individually, you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, that. That was a uh, was tough. Uh, you know, it was exciting those those early years. You know, we were able to kind of uh, do things right away. Um, brought some guys in and. Um, Coach Ling was able to bring a few guys, uh, four, he brought four guys with him from Payne, and two of them, three of them actually, two of them had a lot of success with us. The third one is having more success overseas than he had with us. Uh, he was a good player for us for one year here at Clayton, but uh, Takiya Knight um, actually is having a, a lot of success playing overseas. I kind of came out of the shell and is doing his thing now. Um, but we brought Alfonso Davis and, and Nate uh, – uh, Nate Powell, he brought him with him, uh, with him over here. And those two guys uh, we had for what two Fonzo for two years and Nate for three years, and uh, they were a big part of our, our success. Uh, those guys uh, had already been instilled with what Coach Link was trying to teach uh, at Payne, so it was made it a little easier transition bringing those guys with him and kind of setting the tone early on with what he, he was expecting, what he wanted uh, with, with the guys that we had recruited, mixing them in with the guys that had been with him. Um, so uh, it worked out well. Uh, that 24-7 and 17 was, was was fun. Um, you know, we got the selection show. Selection show I mean, we went on a, 
what I think it was a 15 game winning streak um, uh, doing conference play. You know, we didn't know we kicked uh, one of our best players off um, the team and we didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, Could have went either way and uh, things went just took off um, after that. Uh, guys were, were playing, having fun playing free. Uh, we were defending, uh, you know, having a good time winning games. And uh, there we go. We, we go to Coach Link's house for selection show, selection show and see uh, that we win the first game. Then we got to face more than likely Lincoln Memorial in the second round. Um, you know, it's never fun facing Lincoln Memorial uh, anytime. Uh, in that year, man, they the, the the guys that they put on the floor. We felt we, we were feeling pretty good. We played Car- beat Carson Newman the night before in a tough game and didn't shoot the ball very well, uh, but we defended. Um, so we knew it was going to be a tough task. But uh, especially after we just watched Lincoln Memorial struggle with King uh, the, the 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 night before, um, but uh, everything changed the next night versus us. I mean they didn't miss. There was. He didn't didn't know who to guard. I mean, they had Emmanuel Terry, who had some stints in the NBA. They have, I think, the other four guards, maybe five now. By the time uh, the younger guys graduated, but five guys playing overseas, all shot with over forty percent from three. Um, so it's just like you try to take one guy away, you just, the other somebody else is going to hit a shot. You take try to take Terry away, then what? Do you, it's just like you didn't know. Who to take? Try to take away, and there's no good answer. So you just try to hope for the best. Um, you know, they, they they got a big lead in us in the second half, and um, he subbed, and we cut that lead to about 20. I turned to the the, the other assistants on the bench. I was like, "You guys realize he's probably going to put his starters back in because we just cut this lead down because his his bench guys didn't didn't do very well." Literally about 30 seconds later, we looked down to their bench, and here come the starters again. Um, that's just he and I knew that was going to happen as Coach Church does. I mean, he, he wasn't happy with the performance and um, with, with, with those bench guys, and he wasn't going to allow it to, to happen. So he put those guys back in, jumped that lead back up, and uh, they ended up winning by I don't even remember. I try to forget maybe 30 or so. Um, but you know, it was, it was fun being back in Harrogate, um, uh, seeing a lot of friends and old faces. and uh, talking to some uh, some people that uh, we had met up there and built relationships with. My my wife still has quite a few good friends up there. Uh, they who have kids uh, our daughter's age, um, so it was fun for for them to hang out and see each other. And you know, we we still myself, Coach Shirts, and I still talk often. I was just up there back in June to to talk about some things and hang out. So, um, but yeah, that was that was a fun time. You know, this past season didn't go as planned, obviously. You know, I know that you know, it's, it's kind of hard when you have success the year prior and guys, you know, kind of, I want to say get a swollen head, but, you know, it, what do you what do you attribute last season to? Was it guys graduated? Right. What do you attribute it to? Um, it, to the, it really hurt. We had uh, the two years ago, we had six guys that, uh, had started a lot of games for us over their careers with us. Four of them had started off of that um, prior 24 and 17. So four seniors and then two other guys um, that uh, had started a lot of games for us 
we lost those four seniors and um, had well, we had two seniors returning, and one ended up not. He ended up sitting out. Who's who's back this year? Christoph. Um, he had uh, he he had really bad shin splints, and he kept putting it off. And he had like you could see the knots in his shins how bad it was. And finally, the doctor just said, "You just need to sit the year." So he did that. Uh, so we had one senior uh, mixed in with a bunch of new guys, um, some uh, sophomores, uh, and the sophomores only uh, what one, two of them actually played a decent amount of minutes the year before as a freshman. Um, so it was a mixture of trying to get those guys together. One of our freshmen, uh, Medi, uh, went down after what, set, game seven. He tore his LCL, and um, he was he was a starter for us, and at the time was a big piece of what we were trying to do. And he he got hurt, missed the rest of the year. Um, kind of uh, the timing of when he went down, it was just we we're right there on the brink of it can either trend up or things can go south because um, we were, we were in our record. It wasn't it was like two and three or two and four, something like that. But we were in some close games that we lost. We should have won. And so by him going down, the timing, we just – it hurt us. Uh, we, we just – we couldn't regroup from that. And um, so After that, some things just trickled down. And, you know, again, trying to keep guys – when things are going south, trying to keep them on the same page and competing every day it isn't the easiest thing to do. Um, so we, we – we, some guys left at the end. Uh, we had one kid didn't finish the year out. That's how he frustrated he was, um, just with his playing and everything. And uh, it was a, a a tough time in that regard. But um, you know that that was kind of I think what was going on that season. You know, this season you're named interim head coach after Coach Link resigned. How excited were you to be the head coach of a college? Yeah, I mean, coach? it was going back to when we talked about when I was at Tennessee Martin, I got bumped up and promoted a new title and everything. It was the, the same thing here. It's something, you know, as most coaches work for, you know, to be a head coach. You know, I, I love the Division two level. Uh, I think, you know, to be named the interim head coach for this year, I, I was excited, even though it was the interim, you know, it, it you got to take opportunities when they're given to you. Uh, and Ryan Erlacher, AD, has given me the opportunity for this year. Um, I don't don't plan to let them down or, or this team down. You know, I'm excited uh, for what we have and are able to do. I think you know, the the pandemic is, you know, it, it, my buddies that I talk to, you know, obviously, obviously comes into play to, in discussion about the pandemic and. It's your first time as the head coach, and you got to deal with the pandemic. And it's just like, yeah, I, yeah, but the, being the head coach for the first time, you know, that supersedes the pandemic in my mind. You know, it, I can't control the pandemic, so whatever happens in that regard, it happens. Um, I'm just worried about trying to get these guys on the same page and, and learning and becoming better uh, on and off the court and, and trying to understand what I'm asking them to do. Um, and, and up until this point, until we went home. About two weeks ago, I think they were all we we're all getting on the same page and starting to make progress. So, um, hopefully, this long break hasn't uh, uh, had them forget uh, everything that we we worked on and taught, uh, uh, and, and they learned. So we'll see here. But yeah, I mean, it's 
it, it's exciting time right now. Coach, you know, I rarely give the questions I'm going to ask out ahead of time. And so this is, you know, I, you haven't pre-screened <laughs> these questions. But, so I'm sure you're getting nervous now. Coach, what does Clayton State get if they remove the interim title from you and give you an extension? Right. What are they getting? I mean, they're they're getting a guy who, you know, is going to work hard, um, who's going to get the best players that, that he can get. Um and get those guys developed. Um, they're going to graduate. Um, they're they're going to move on and have successful lives afterwards. Whether you know they play after Clayton State or they graduate and they get into the real world right away. Um, but I think that's important uh, to make sure those those players, those student athletes, have the best experience that they can get. You know, and going back to you know talk about Coach Church, my time at Lincoln Memorial. You know, that's all I know. So. You know, for we're kind of getting the, the the players are kind of getting that on a minuscule scale, um, as I don't have all the resources that they have up there, but they are getting the work ethic, they are getting um, the development uh, as as best as we can do it here at Clayton State. Um, I, you know, I think that that's what uh, we're going to pride ourselves on and developing these guys, um, the, the whole person, not just on the basketball court. Um, so I think that's what, you know, we'll, we'll, that they should expect uh, once this this happens at the end of the season. Um, but yeah, that's that's what we're going to do. Coach, I sure hope you uh, you know you you get the the interim tag removed and thank you have great success. So we never <laughs> met. I know that you know we correspond right. through email or you know Twitter. Um, I still remember in 2013, I had sent you an email at 1230, sorry, 1219 a.m., um, you know, just saying I'm a friend of Josh Shirts, and at 8.13 yep. in the morning, you yep. responded. So <laughs> I can already tell what kind of guy you were and uh, your guy. Yeah, I, I'm, I, you know, I've been on the other side. You know, I, I get I get frustrated, my even myself, you know, when, even to this day when you shoot out emails or text messages and, you know, one thing, even if they're random or somebody you know that know a little bit, maybe that, that you don't get a response. You know, even I get emails. I got one today about uh, uh, wants to, to help out, be on staff, and I try to respond to, to pretty much everyone that I that I get inquiries about, uh, whether it's for me or like in your case, it was I think it was about another job on campus. Um, you know, I, I think it's it's important because you know, I. I don't like it when it happens to me, so I'll try to. I don't want that that person to, to feel the same way. So I think it's only common courtesy, and I, I get it as a coach. You know, we we get blown up all the time, especially when guys get head jobs. You get blown up all the time about you know people wanting to be on staff, um, but at the same time, it, it doesn't take much effort to just say, "Hey, I'm good. I don't need any more help." I think that's the, the least you can do. Um, or just, I'm good, coach. Thanks. You know, it's simple reply, email, or text. So I, I try to at least reach out to, to the guys who hit me up about uh, in, uh, about assistant jobs or anything. Yeah, I was uh, young and naive as far as thinking that a uh, director of recreational <laughs> services 
that they didn't need a master's or oh, I majored in recreation management. I'm <laughs> right. perfect. So let me reach out to the school. <laughs> I think I think we're all naive when we're, we're young and just any about all that stuff. I mean, even in coaching. I mean, I I've heard stories where guys will apply for Division two head jobs who um, have coached rec ball at the local area, but they they want to get in. They want to coach college basketball, be a head Division two coach. It's just like it, it's it's funny, you know. It just people don't understand. No doubt, Coach. We've come to the segment I call "Start Bench Cut." I give you three things: you okay. start one, bench one, and cut one. Nike, Adidas, Under Start um, Nike. Probably bench Under Armour, and. Uh, Oh, cut, sorry, cut Under Armour, bench Adidas. Okay, you being a Pittsburgh guy, <laughs> Cordell Stewart, Harry Bradshaw, <laughs> Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, man. I'm going to cut Cordell Stewart. Uh, I'll probably uh, start Roethlisberger and bench um, Terry Bradshaw. I don't think you're going to be allowed to go back to Pittsburgh, but I, I appreciate your honesty. Cookout, Zaxby's, oh, man. Chick-fil-A. Uh, start Chick-fil-A, cut Zaxby's, and, and bench um, – oh, no, sorry, bench, bench Zaxby's, cut Cookout. Man, we, Cookout's okay. unfortunate because – a lot of times that's the only place open after our games on road trips. So we got to eat a cookout and just like, man, it, it, I mean, you get, well, you get like, you get, can get like six, seven things for like $5. I should tell you what their food is like. <laughs> hey, before you said that, I thought this was a recruiting pitch for <laughs> potential recruits, man. I, if a coach told me, hey, by the way, we usually stop at cookout, <laughs> I would sign up to be your water. Boy. Yeah. I would be a walk, water boy, whatever you do. Uh, white man can't jump, semi-pro, Celtic pride. Hmm. I'll go with um, – I'm going to start white man can't jump, um, cut semi-pro, and, and bench Celtic pride. Yep. Okay, last one, Coach. Hoop dirt, verbal commits, <laughs> NCAA transfer portal. Um. Um, I will start, um, verbal commits, bench hoop dirt, and, um, actually at the transfer portal. I I mean, that's a tough one. Those three, um, actually I'll go, sorry, I'm going to, I'm going to cut that. I'm going to, I'm going to start the transfer portal, um, bench, um, um, Verbal commits and, and cut hoop dirt. Sorry, hoop dirt. <laughs> Coach, who are three guests I should have on the podcast? Three guests. Um, let's see. Um, probably I would go with my guy at Middle Tennessee, Andre Morgan. He's done a heck of a job um, uh, moving up and uh, working his way around. Uh, he's a good guy too. Um, who's another one? Um, non-coaching, I would I would say you need to probably get on uh, 
our former AD, Tim Duncan. He's down in New Orleans right now uh, as the AD. Um, and then the third one, third one. That's a uh, you may have get me got me on a third one, Dave. No. Okay. That's that's <laughs> fine. Those are two those are two good ones. Coach, I know you kind of talked about it throughout the interview. What advice do you have for coaches either trying to get into the business, right, or work their way? Um, you know, I always big been a big proponent of uh, for young guys to go be GA somewhere. Um, you know, that's one mistake I made. I didn't really look into that. I, I put too much stock on at the time. Um, you know, I wanted to get a, a have a break from from school. Um, so I didn't want to be a GA. But I think being a GA, you know, you obviously get the hands on experience uh, right away. You get to learn a lot of things, um, stuff that, that eventually you're going to use. Um, you're getting experience on it from the get-go. Um, and you, building those relationships already as well um, that, that that will help you get jobs later on. Um, you can't take no for an answer. Um, that's another big one, I think, is you're going to hear no a lot. Um, so you, you got to be okay with that. You got to be okay with like we talked about earlier, people not responding to you. Um, that's basically obviously a no. So you got to be okay with that and and not uh, take it personally. And, um, you know, I think a lot of guys will, will not get an answer and um, kind of cut that relationship, not even try to work on it. And, you know, you still, you know, you may see that person out, uh, either recruiting or the final four or whatnot. And, hey, go up to that person and, and, and say hello and, um, work on relationship that way. Um, you know, you got to be willing to do pretty much anything to, to get into this business and, and work your way up. I think too many young guys nowadays um, feel entitled. They don't want to do the dirty work. They don't want to do the, the stuff that we did uh, coming up, uh, the laundry or the long nights, the long days, missing family stuff. Um, too many guys want to have all that and, and, and call themselves a coach. Um, so you, you gotta be able and willing to do everything, um, you know, put in the long days. So those are, those are probably my three biggest things for guys trying to, to get into the business and, and work their way up. Coach, if listeners want to get in touch with you, email, social media. Yeah, I mean, uh, my email, um, it, it's on our website at claytonstatesports.com. Um, it, it, everything is there. Um, Twitter uh, as well. Uh, you know, I'm always open to DMs, and um, my handle, I got pulled up. I, I, I can't remember it offhand. Uh, it's uh, at Coach underscore Ignatz. Um, so you can hit me up on Twitter. Uh, uh, those are probably the two best ways. Okay. Coach, you know, I told you earlier, but you know, I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast. You know, I, I've admired your coaching abilities from afar. I know that 
Clayton State's lucky to have you uh, this season and hopefully going forward. Continue to definitely stay in touch, and uh, you know, again, I just I uh, thanks for having me, David. I said I've been seeing your stuff. I've listened to a few uh, podcasts uh, while you've been doing this. I think it's a bit, it's great. Um, you're trying to help us out and other coaches out uh, get exposure and, and about the profession and the business. So um, it, it's a great thing you're doing. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks for listening to the Beyond the Box Score podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, leave reviews, and rate five stars.